welcome to another episode of the Bloodsucking Geeks podcast. I'm Chris, one of the hosts of the Bloodsucking Geeks podcast, and with me this week is Corey and Cody. How's it going, guys? Hi, ho. Fart. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what, guys, it's been one hell of a week up here in the Northeast. We got blasted with a shit ton of snow, and yeah. I, I don't think I've ever... I haven't lived in Texas in about 20 years, and I'm still not used to the like fucking cold and snow up north and shit. So no, no, man, I, I lived in Connecticut for about a year, and that's just a totally different kind of cold, the northeast cold. Because like right now, I'm up in the Pacific Northwest, and you know, 20 degrees, which we don't really get that often, is like not the same as 20 degrees in the northeast. That's just the type of cold that gets under your nutsack. <laughs> and it just really burrows into your tent. It just like seminal. It's yeah. a seminal cold, as the as the kids like to call it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we you know we just had a little cold snap up here down here in Texas, and it was like 32 and snow flurries and shit. And yeah, we were outside filming like dickheads, but uh, but definitely like oh man, it's been a it's been a wild week for weather because it's like raining all week. I'm taking my my dog to the squirrel park every morning. I don't give a fuck if we get muddy. <laughs> Well, fucking, uh, apparently, so, um, not to get too localized, but I follow the Crowley Facebook page, like their fucking gossip shit. And there's like all these posts about people complaining that they have this big light show going on at their house with the Christmas lights. And apparently kids are pulling up in front of the house and it's like pulling down their pants and dancing with their dicks and shit. <laughs> And it's just like, wow, you know, that's different not the roll but... That's uh, a different breed. Hey, it's a I TikTok was, generation. I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up because I was, I was hoping that we could reminisce about this. Like, Christmas time in our youth, in our in our, in our our yesteryear, was, was just a magical motherfucking time. I mean, okay, so I had an 87 Buickler Saber that was as <laughs> long as a fucking house and as wide as a boat with a goddamn couch in the back, basically. It and could not go in reverse. And the reason it couldn't go in reverse is because I used to set up a plastic Santa Claus that I have no idea where I pilfered this from, where I thieved or or uh, uh, finangled this from. I was and, with you the night we got that. Oh, <laughs> I, I was there. I was with you. And, so what, and what I'm alluding to is that we used to commit some of the most heinous, atrocious, just downright fucking awful Christmas vandalizing. And we called it Christmas vandalizing. And it became a tradition to the point where at one point me and Jason Hansen had the entire trunk of my LeSabre full of Christmas decorations from other people's houses, like in Burleson, around Fort Worth. I mean, dude. And then, so I, I came upon, I didn't come upon it. I just found it and, and got it. Uh, but so the, the, this, this basically about a three and a half foot plastics, uh, Santa Claus that for some reason it just became air apparent. I knew it. I had to do it. It was the, you know, it was destiny. It was fate. I needed to set it up at the top of the hill and then hit that motherfucker as hard as I could with my car. <laughs> and I used to just do this or I would go pick friends up from their houses to like take them to school. And I had it set up up the street when we were going to the, like towards school. And they just, I just fucking ram it, get out and put it back in my car. And, uh, 
And good, goodness gracious, at some point it got up under the undercarriage and all, fucked up all the linkage or something, so it wouldn't go in reverse. And you guys were there. Y'all were both at my house. We went to the fucking donut shop at like five in the morning one time when we all were like, we were kind of up hanging out. I might have probably been tripping on LSD. I'm not Dude, sure we about you actually, guys. We were at Robert Floyd's house. We stayed the night at Robert Floyd's house, and then we went to Eagle Donut at like really early in the morning. Dude, and then so my car wouldn't go in reverse, and I could cleverly park it. But I didn't know it wouldn't go in reverse on this day. This is the day that it stopped going in reverse. We pull up, and it's like trying to ram into like the curb and to go into the donut shop. And we got these big, burly construction worker like roofer guys <laughs> to like try and help us. And I didn't realize that like if I put it in neutral, it was still going forward and drive. So it was, they were fighting the actual engine. They were fighting like the 357 block, whatever the fuck, <laughs> that sucked, like little saber engine, you know, it, it, that it had in it. And then I, we turned it off and put it in neutral and pushed it backwards. But God, that was a that was a trying. I remember trying to push that. That thing would not budge. <laughs> well, one time, me and someone that I will not name because I guess some people are respectable now. Uh, we went on a Christmas vandalism spree, and one of the favorite things this wasn't it, but uh, you grab the lights, run to the car, then take off, still holding the lights, and they pop off the house and all. Good times. But we fucking stole one of those big traffic barrels with a flashing yellow light on it. And we put it in the back of this guy's truck. And we're just trying. At this point, we're, you know, intoxicated on various things. And we have this flashing traffic barrel in the back of his truck. And then uh, along with all all other sorts of shit. So we uh, eventually make it back. And then the next morning we realize we have all this shit. What the fuck to do with it? So he's went to someone else's house and dumped it in their front yard and uh, Merry Christmas to them. Yeah. We definitely did the Texas switch a couple times, like uh, piled up like a nice worth of, 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 of booty and then put it in one yard you know, <laughs> to fuck with someone. That was a mm-hmm. man. And then uh, the, uh, when me and someone tried to steal Jesus from the nativity scene oh. and we ended up, so they had Jesus nailed down. I mean, I'm not sure. Well, this, I mean, what was <laughs> foreshadowing is all it was. Yeah. Well, but, they were the smaller nails. Yeah. Yeah. But they apparently, you know, someone else had tried to take Jesus. So they weren't letting him go anywhere. So what the fuck else? We're not leaving empty handed. So we steal a sheep and we go down <laughs> by the Creek and this guy's got the sheep over his head. It's, you know, flat wooden one. He's about to bust it. I was like, no, no, let's keep it. Maybe we can do something with it later. So we're walking back to my house. It's like two in the morning. Out of nowhere, fucking truck rolls up on us. He's like, I know y'all stole my sheep. And we're just like, ah, if we return it, are we cool? He's like, okay. And we returned it. And <laughs> someone else stole some other shit from him that night. He called me the next day. He was like, it's like, no, motherfucker. I learned my lesson, but we were going to leave a uh, ransom note for Jesus that said, he's a Jesus. We got you, Jesus. <laughs> but like I said, Jesus was nailed the fuck down. Dude, I fucked my hand up so bad one time doing the like uh, jump up, go to the house, jump up, pull the lights down. So I wrapped it around my <laughs> hand like twice. And I hop in in this in Jason's 280ZX. So Jason Hansen has a fucking fire ass, like ragged out piece of shit Nissan. So he, I remember he used that. Just swing all over the fucking place. And he starts driving. And then, and I don't know what this fucking cable is made out of because it's like, they're pulling off like fucking, it's looking great. It feels like when you open a cat food bag, you know that's satisfying. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Also, it's going and then it stops and it and like the cable like goes taut because it's it's not coming with me. Usually it would snap off and my hand like got pinned up against the door and it was like cutting into my pinky and my fingers and I was bleeding all over the place. DNA, you know. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, I got away with it. I was good. And the last time I did Christmas vandalizing was my twenty first birthday. And some friends were like, we're going to take you to every bar we can and get you as many free shots as we can until you die. And, <laughs> and, and my particular drink of choice at that just pubescent age of adolescent bullshit was a liquid cocaine, which is equal parts Goldschlager and uh, uh, some cinnamon shit. What's the cinnamon stuff? Uh, fireball? No, not fireball, but the other one. But yeah, so – Anyway, so I drank seven of them. Hot gold slogger and what? Yeah, it's, yeah, gold slogger and hot damn. Okay. Yeah. It's it, liquid cocaine. So I drank seventeen oh. of them at seventeen different places oh, oh, God. between like Benbrook, Lower Fort Worth, and like the East Side. And we went all over Fort Worth. So on the way back, I'm like, hey, stop! I gotta I gotta go see I gotta go see someone real quick. And they said that I got out and I started like vandalizing one house. And by the time they looked back, I was like three houses down. But the people at the first house that I had fucked up were like coming outside and like realizing. And it was like sort of this domino effect of like reaction shots. And like a, and they all like just pulled me back in the car. I don't remember any of that. But uh, yeah, man, uh, drinking is not my uh, my forte. I remember we. Who I mean, knows? We, I hit him. I, I, uh, one time Corey puked on my on my back. It was amazing. It was like it was one of the best beer bong projectile vomits I've ever seen oh. in my life. Oh yeah, we used to beer bong Guinness at your place, dude. It was like school. it was like when he uh, man, who throws up on the squirrel on this one movie? Anyway, it's it's like <laughs> just the barf. Like it's just so fucking projectile. Anyway, that's well, like, maybe we should start talking about some movies since. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it's fun because we we've always kind of talked a little bit about our holiday vandalism and stuff, so it's fun to actually t- spend a little bit of time and yeah. And talk Christmas about- was, I mean, we did some shit for Halloween, but Christmas was really like our special time of the year. That I mean, we did some pretty fucked up shit. You know, it's a good setup for like a a, a revenge like monster movie or something. You know, the kids are fucking up the decorations and then they get kind of like. Their balls eaten by some sort of snaggletooth. <laughs> yeah, it was weird because it just kind of happened too. It wasn't like we set out to start doing yeah, it. That make yeah, it like a, the, a thing. There was no premeditated thing. I guess maybe like I mean there wasn't even Jackass then, right? Like barely. No. Like there was like the CKY guys, but we didn't really like. I didn't really know that at that time. Yeah. So like you know like it, it's just like it, it wasn't really an original thought. Like hey, we're gonna go fuck up these Christmas lights, but man, I mean, it was I think, liberating. Yeah, it was. <laughs> kids in a tiny ass boring town they had nothing better to do than go around and fuck shit up. So, <laughs> but yeah, I and I don't know about y'all. I think we talked about it during Halloween. I'm paranoid about putting up decorations and shit because <laughs> I'm afraid of assholes like me because I know what the fuck I would do to it. Dude, I'll tell you, I, I know this for a fact. I've, I'm receiving a lot of those like uh, those moments when I was like a real punk ass bitch when I was a kid. Like, yeah. I'm receiving that attitude and that like uh, <laughs> that residual uh, rev- that that uh, orbital revolution of, of energy is coming back and, is and I'm like, when, okay. Uh, Rolled past you and screamed, "Hey, bitch!" Oh, I have, a, dude. Oh, hey, bitch! Came full circle. Did you, I didn't tell you guys. Oh okay. no. Okay. So back in the day, I got my car. So no, no, no. I'm gonna start the story over. So when I was in fifth grade, I was walking home by my fucking self. All right. 
And I was like walking and I was like this. And it was because like a little bit later after school, I don't know what the deal was, but there was no one around. It was just me. This truck going about 35 miles an hour slows down and pulls over to the side of the road. And I'm like kind of noticing like what the fuck's happening. And at the last second, this guy pull, sticks his fucking stupid ass body out the window and he goes, <laughs> hey, bitch. And he throws a Keystone light can at me. And they're going like 40 miles an hour. Okay? So I start running. And like an action movie, it hits me in the back, in the backpack. And I flew like fucking John McClane in, in Nakatomi Towers. And so then I, I get up and I, I'm like covered in like beer. In my, it's all over my back. And I'm like, curses. And so from curses. that day forth, I vowed every time I drove past a person errantly walking by themselves in my car i was gonna yell hey bitch and i did and i did i did it and i'm here to tell you we used to just i mean we used to just drive around and do this okay and i've I, i've scared people where they fell off their bikes they weren't that hard uh, that poorly injured and if this, if this happened to you like, i mean like hey you can't sue me now there's a statute of limitations on hey bitching no i kid but so i did this for for uh, decades okay so two 2017, which would have been 20 years after the first Hey Bitch, I'm in Crowley at my parents' house, and I'm taking a bicycle from a buddy's house, like, on the back roads, okay? And I'm like, doop de doop de doop I'm just, like, riding this bicycle, getting my steps in, and there's, like, there's this, like, Chevrolet Cavalier behind me, like, coming down. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stay off to the side. I kinda, I'm, I'm kind of noticing them out the corner of my eye. And then they slow down, and I'm like... They pull it to the side of me, and I hear, hey, bitch, and it's fucking <laughs> Kelby and Preston. It's fucking Preston and Kelby oh on me, and they fucking hey, bitched me on, like, like Hampton Road. It was, it, dude, I fell off my bike into the grass laughing so hard, and we had like, a good, like, like, you know, like, powwow about it, but it was so hilarious. Sorry, it just, uh, yeah, hey, bitch was a saga, man. It's, yeah. it's still happening. Oh, man. <clears throat> All right. oh, wait, and I had seasonal ones. I used to in, at Thanksgiving. I used to say, "Hey, give me your turkey." I uh, if I saw a kid, I'd say, "Hey, stay in school." And they would like, be like, "What?" And, oh man, I I, I don't know so why. So you're actually was, giving good advice. Yeah, it was like a wrestler persona, but just no actual matches. I just was like always on uh, like hype, like out in the mic, you know, like all always at Macho there. Man level. Yeah, just ready to pop. You could be a uh, like uh, maybe a manager or something. Yeah. No. Uh, I'd be the mouth from the north of the south. Okay. Fallsbury exit. <laughs> All right. So this week we are going to watch Jack Frost. Not the Michael Keaton one. Damn which we wanted to watch. <laughs> no, I don't even know who who stars in this one offhand. I uh, couldn't tell you. I, I couldn't mean, tell you. So I got it. Um... The stars, I use that term loosely. <laughs> Scott McDonald is Scott, or as Jack Frost. Uh, Christopher Allport is Sam Tyler or Tiller. Uh, Stephen Mendel is Agent Manners. I mean, none of these people are, uh, you know, name actors that you'd recognize, except, of course, for Shannon Elizabeth in her debut film role. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Many would say this would be uh, her version of uh oh shit what is it leprechaun for jennifer aniston, jennifer aniston. Yeah, yeah 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 she went on to have a very illustrious career sure <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so cody this was your pick 
for for this week. So what can you tell us about this movie? Why was it that you wanted to watch Jack Frost? So I'm, I'm I, since Thanks Killing kind of fell into this like just perfect little nook of like, oh, it's it's the perfect time of year and it's Thanksgiving and it's a it's a horror movie that embodies the the, the holiday. So I went looking for horror movies that embody, embody the holiday. And I was like, fuck, Black Christmas, Krampus, oh, all these movies. And they're all classics. And I was like, we can't do them justice. There's not really anything I could say about Krampus that everyone already doesn't know. And if you haven't seen it, you better get the fuck out. Uh, but so, <laughs> like, so I, so I start scrolling and I'm like looking at these just like the schlockiest of the schlock. I'm like, oh, which one, which one? And I just remember this DVD cover, or I'm sorry, this VHS cover from back in my yesteryear as well. And I remember seeing it and be like, fuck this. What are they trying to be like that? And this came out before the Michael Keaton one, actually. They beat the Michael Keaton movie to the punch. So there's no telling what could have happened. But man, I will tell you, like, I, I just knew I needed a movie that was going to be like, like rival Candyman three or possibly rival resurrection for <laughs> like how bad it is, but how you can't turn away from the train wreck. That's, that was like sort of my, uh, that's my Christmas gift to y'all. Well, using Rotten Tomatoes is an objective way to see how these movies stack up. This is by far the lowest rating with a robust 7% approval rating. Wow. <laughs> that's I want to know who the fuck went out of their way to be like, go on Rotten Tomatoes and be like, that's me thumbs up in the, uh, the I don't know what you do on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you like grow tomatoes no, or something? No, but yeah, probably like uh, the director's mother or something like that. Some family member. Probably not even his mother. She's probably ashamed. It's probably like that grandmother that's just proud of him no matter what the fuck he does. Or it was him. Yeah. Yeah. Dressed as his grandmother. Miss Doubtfire style. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> but no, yeah. Uh, this one, I think we all remember growing up because we were in high school when it came out in uh, 97 because I think anyone born in that time frame would switch these two at Blockbuster because yeah. <laughs> I mean, who was the fuck did? I didn't think about that. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Oh my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Damn Cause it. you know, a family picks out this heartwarming tale of a father that comes back to care for his family and children. And instead they get, uh, you know, a snowman raping a chick with a carrot. Man, wow. <laughs> was the carrot wow. pointed like upward at an angle? Like how how did that work? Well, you see, That's I've that seen spot. some other um, movies, documentaries, what whatever you want to call them, that involve that. And uh, yes, that's pretty much how it goes. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> I'm just looking at your background, and it just... Yep, that's that's the scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, got, I got some information about that scene when we get to it, but uh, we'll we'll get to it. Man, I, I'm gonna say just like shout out to Shannon Elizabeth for being like that kind of B horror movie screen queen of the late '90s, early 2000s. You know, like she like she really rode that wave from Waco, Texas, all the way to the Night of the Demons. Yeah, I mean, like she. Uh, Obviously, American Pie, two years after this, in 99, where she now has uh, breast implants, so good for her. And then a scary movie in 2013, Ghost, uh, the remake of Night of the Demons. And then Cody and I were talking before we started, she really 
is dropped off the face of the earth because a she has a second career playing professional poker where she was like in the main event of the 2005 World Series of Poker, Whoa. and now she lives in fucking South Africa where she runs a nonprofit animal rescue organization called Animal Avengers. So I guess when you're living in South Africa amongst the zebras and gazelles, you're not who's getting laughing? auditions. Who's laughing now, Carrot Dick? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> but, yeah, wow, this was that... her first uh, flick. And uh, she went on to, you know, the early 2000s were all her. Yeah, she was. I mean, I just remember what like I I don't remember her at all in this movie because I I just I don't know why I just never watched it growing up. But uh, certainly in American Pie, and she was. Oh yeah. Oh man, I mean, uh, she, yeah. she was it. You know, in terms of like actresses, like at that time, like she was, she was awesome. Oh yeah, she was. Uh, as I heard, when we saw American Pie. I think Cody and I saw. I forgot who was with us. We went. Back to your house, and it's like, my God, that was very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, like, how did she get to get this role? Do you do? Do we have any information about that? Like, because that, I mean, that would be weird. Okay. I mean, think about the casting call. Um, possible nudity, maybe uh, sexual contact with snowman, <laughs> carrot penis. <laughs> Like that's subtitle, the title, it's like a it's like a subheading underneath that. That's know. the part I want to hear about. Is like I want I wonder if she's ever discussed that. Um, just like what her reaction was when she read that scene in the script. I mean, my guy is a director. Are you like so today, Shannon? I was gonna see if maybe, you know, just you know, just feel me out. Just you know, look, just tell me if 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 you don't if you're not feeling this. But so you know, Jack Frost rage it really it really comes from within, and there's only so many things we can do to like sort of hype this moment up. So would you mind if we, uh, you know, try to hear it? <laughs> Wait, what was that? Mr. Director? You know, if we just in the shower scene, if we just kind of, yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be fine. It'd be great. So like, you know, we'll just shoot it. We'll just shoot it in a while. They'll, no one will see it. It won't be there. And then we'll just do close-ups and we'll do a body double. It's no big deal. It'll, it'll all be great. It'll be, it, we'll do it on the day, on the day. We'll just do it on the day. And then we'll just do the body double. We won't no carrots. Yes. Yeah. We'll have fresh carrots. Those two. Okay. All right. So she, that's probably how it went down. That's, that's usually how it goes down. Well, I mean, <laughs> she was 23 when she made this. So, I mean, you think that she was 25 in American pie and she's playing, you know, a high school chick, but, uh, I mean, I haven't found anything about how she got this. Basically all her biographies start with American pie and, uh, go from there. She probably won't ever get this one, I would imagine. Uh, you know, some people are like that that just want to forget shit like this, and then some people embrace it and, you know, have fun with it because, because like, I know Renee Zellweger fucking hated uh, the, the Chainsaw, Chainsaw Massacre. New beginning really? McConaughey. McConaughey was all about it, but she was all, like, ashamed of it and, like, all high and mighty about it. So, you know, just depends on your personality, I guess, and how much oh. fun you make at yourself but yeah, yeah. But, you know you just as long as you just whisper that what you're going to do with the carrot part they just kind of agree to it so. <laughs> i mean she's been the american pie movie no, so i, I mean <laughs> well oh so maybe okay check this out what if she had already no i guess okay the timing no she would have shot this before that but i was just thinking possibly 
there's a there's a universe that exists where she shot American Pie first, so she was already the food chick, you know, <laughs> like whipped cream pie, carrots. It just uh, it keeps just like exp- exponentially perpetuating from there. Yeah, maybe. And she's a terrible older sister too. She has oh the- God. Well, I mean, <laughs> I would say this movie, if when we break it down, I mean, the children in this movie are like children of the corn level, just bastards. Dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to, you know, get ahead of ourselves, but I mean, they are some evil fucking kids. It kind of puts the snowman <laughs> to shame. But yeah, uh, so this one was released direct to video, like I said, uh, in November of 97. Uh, there's some dispute over like how long it took to shoot. I found one thing that said it took them 18 days to shoot, which seems kind of right. But the director, uh, Michael Cooney, said they started shooting it in like 93, 94, but they couldn't get all the money together to finish it until 96. So I'm not sure how much I believe that because it all looks pretty, you know. Contiguous. Yeah. So, I don't know. I believe probably in the 18 days. Uh, it was shot in a <laughs> place called Fawn Skin, California, which is in San Bernardino County. And they had shot uh, a B-movie called Giant from the Unknown in 58 there in episodes of Columbo and Perry Mason. And an interesting thing about Fawn Skin, the way they run their mayoral elections is anyone can vote, and the votes are donations of a quarter. So, whoever raises the most money wins – so, therefore, the town says they buy their politicians. <laughs> and uh, Shirley Jones, the mother in the Partridge family, lives in Fawnskin these days. So, Fawnskin. Hey. Yeah. It's the happening place. Yeah. So, uh, the movie starts with a uh, voiceover of this little girl asking, like, her grandfather or something to uh, tell her a scary story. And, uh, and might I say, this opening is... Pure tea, nightmare fuel. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, they're, like, they're, like, showing this Christmas tree and the credits are happening in this weird, like, Ichabod Crane, like, uh, Charles Dickens motherfucker is, like, <laughs> giving you this Nightmare Before Christmas style, like, horror thing to, like, I guess, probably not even his daughter, like, his niece or something that sounds like a woman who has baby fry in her voice. You know that? <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm a baby. Yeah, it's... Dude, I'm telling you, that was psycho. Like, like someone heard it over my shoulder on set, and they were like, "What the fuck are you watching, bro?" And I was just like, "Don't, don't even, don't even, <laughs> don't ask. You don't want to know." Uh, yeah, the guy that actually did that voiceover is the director, Michael Cooney. He's a British guy that is also like a playwright, and uh, he's mostly known as a writer. He wrote the uh, John Cusack Ray Liotta movie uh, Identity in 2003. And his only two directing credits are this and Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman, which came out uh, three years later. And then uh, really since 2015, he's written and produced three uh, unaired television pilots. So he's still cracking away, but nothing too big since uh, the enormous financial success of the Jack Frost series. So Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. Michael Keane kind of stole the show out from under him, I guess. What a day. Uh, so, I kind of, I kind of wonder if they actually got some residual uh, pickup because of the Michael Keaton notoriety. You know, you go to get Jack Frost, you don't see it. Oh, let's just get the other one. The kids won't know the difference. 
Maybe. I mean, <laughs> like I said, I used to switch those at Blockbuster. Every What's time wild is that one looks like it was made in 1987. The other actually looks like it was made in 1997. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they shot this up in the mountains obviously but apparently this was like during a drought year so there was no snow on the ground and lots of times the temperature was like in the 70s because so you see it like you see snow in places but the rest of the place is just like pure dry ground and like you see greenery in the background and shit and they use <laughs> cotton swabs and uh foam just as substitutes for snow so it all looks kind of lots of things in this movie look kind of cheap because you know it was cheap movie but uh michael cooney the director he told fangoria that the only reason he directed the movie was they couldn't afford a director i saw something that they were trying to get rennie harlan to direct it for like 30 million dollars with a for the budget but i find that hard to believe but you know who knows uh in this the i like the name of the town snowmanton so uh, play yeah. <laughs> Better than, is, that's, that ain't as clever as Neil Bog. <laughs> Neil Bog. <laughs> no, no, nothing will ever be as clever as Neil Bog. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of basically the uh, way the movie starts and a little bit about the guy who made it. Uh, do we want to just jump into it or we want to talk about uh, what we've been watching or anything? Yeah, yeah we want to go around and see what we've been watching real quick before we jump into the actual movie. Absolutely. Cody, what have you been watching? Oh, man. Okay. Okay, so I got three just real quick. So the first one is going to be Underwater with Kristen Stewart. And I know everybody's like, oh, Kristen Stewart, TJ Bell. I don't know if I want – or TJ, uh, whatever the fuck his name is from Silicon Valley. He's canceled. We don't want to watch this movie. I'm um, Dude, dude, if you like Leviathan, if you kind of like like the mm. uh, like the, the, the badass chick energy of aliens, this movie is definitely for you. Like – it's wild, bro. It's wild. Like, uh, I, anyway, I don't want to give up the, I don't want to give up the <laughs> ghost. I liked it a lot. But so then the next one is Joe Magnello, a man deck Magnello, the dude that's married. To, uh, he was, he was flash in the, the Tobey Maguire, uh, Superman flash, the bully that's at high school. But now he's in this, his own superhero movie called arch enemy where he's been like, he's just like this drunk ass bum. that's punching a wall that says he's from another planet. And this kid that's trying to, like, get on a blog job, like, goes and interviews him. And it kind of turns out to pan out a little bit. It's wild. Uh, That was a lot of fun. But the real movie you motherfuckers better watch for Christmas and do not sleep on this is Fat Man with Mel Gibson and Walton Goggins. I'm here to tell you, dude, it's the wildest take. It's the most, like, I'm I'm big into fantasy realism when there's, like, the, the, like, laws of a universe or, like, a story govern that story, and they don't really exactly tell you all the laws of the, or rules of this universe. They just sort of show you the stuff that's happening. Mel Gibson is Santa Claus. He's been at it for years. Some shit goes down. Walton Goggins is out to kill him. It's a must-see. Who doesn't want to kill Santa? It's a must-see. Man, uh, I have you guys heard of this movie called The Ballad of Lefty Brown? It's a western, Nuh-uh. starring Bill Bill Pullman. It it came out uh, a few years ago. I think it's like 2017 or so. But I think we watched it on on Netflix, and it's amazing. I love a good western, and th- we this one just kind of came out of nowhere. I can't. I think my my wife. Someone told her about it at work, and holy shit, it is it is awesome. I never thought like Bill Pullman would be the guy that could carry a western movie, 
but he totally nails it in this, and he kind of, his his character. You think he's kind of um, slow a bit, but uh, it's it's weird. He it, he's just kind of an interesting character, but it is amazing. So if you guys are in for uh, interested in like a, a western one of these days, check check that out. It is really really good. Cool. I'm always down for a good uh, speaking of westerns. Have y'all seen Bone Tomahawk? Oh yeah, yeah. Bone Tomahawk. Hell awesome, yes, man. dude. I mean that man, that cave scene, motherfucking cave scene, dude. Mm. Oh wait, like Kurt Russell's pain scream makes my whole uh, body like butthole pucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He good at pain scream. He really good at pain scream. He also does a great John Wayne impression. Kurt Russell does? Yeah, dude, it's in Death Proof. He does this, like, wicked fucking uh, John Wayne impression, like, uh, at the bar with Rosario Dawson and, like, the chicks before he goes on his little rampage. And uh, it gave me an idea for a movie, but it doesn't matter. No, It's never going to get made, so you, you motherfuckers can't steal it. Uh, <laughs> like, the ten people that, that would probably be able to. But anyway, uh, so the idea is it's 1964, it's Roswell, and they're making the movie The Searchers. Okay, which is a Western movie that John mm-hmm. Wayne was in. Okay, so they're filming a scene, and John Wayne's like delivering his lines, and then all of a sudden, this big ass fucking meteor like crashes in the background, and it clearly busts the take. And they're like, "Well, that thing's on fire over there. We got to go like put it out. You know, we got to go see what's going on." So they send a couple of production assistants over there, and they don't come back for a while. And then John Wayne rallies the fucking the the, the movie crew to go kill these ho ass aliens for America. <laughs> I mean, and John I Wayne, mean, and John Wayne is played by Kurt Russell in this movie, so it's like a very like he gets to like kind of live out that whole fantasy is like he's John Wayne, but he's also like playing out this badass like uh, you know Tango and Cash or Little uh, Big Trouble in Little China type of character, you know. Anyway, I, I, sorry, I would like to see that. I, I will rent that at my local movie store, rental store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we still have a couple of them in New Jersey. Figures. Yep. What is it called? Like family video? Is that the Probably. Name <laughs> <laughs> I know. I it wasn't until much later, but I used to call video videos. Remember videos? I used to call it like video O's. Is what how I'd pronounce it. Like <laughs> I was such a stupid ass little kid. Let's go to video O's. Video O's. Dude, I, I got you topped. I got you topped, and and you guys can take this to my grave. So when I was a kid, I used to see those signs, and they'd be like. Houses from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, like, my dyslexic ass would look and be like, oh, those are like different eras of like architecture and design. And then one time I was like, oh, houses from the hundreds. I was like, what are these fucking Adobe huts? And then I realized they were dollar signs and not fucking apostrophe S's. Idiot. That's pretty wow. funny. Uh,. I watched a trio of movies by uh, the great director, Gary Sherman. Um, I started off with Dead and Buried, just because I'd always wanted to see that. That movie, fantastic. Uh, And then a movie called Deathline, also known as Rob Meat, which is really good. But the one I want to talk about, and uh, Michael Paul, one of the listeners, uh, recommended this, is Vice Squad. Which is, if you have not seen that, 1982 starring Wingshauser is one of the most unhinged fucking pimps of all time named Ramrod. And, uh, this movie is awesome. It's, uh, so he's a pimp and he's just one of those 
uber violent. He's not the friendly neighborhood pimp. Uh, he's the angry, psychotic pimp. And uh, basically, this one hooker sets him up to get arrested. Then he escapes. And then the rest of the movie is her going about her night, not knowing anything's going on, while the pimp is trying to track her down, while the cop who got her to set him up is trying to track down Ramrod. And um, I don't want to say too much else about it, but uh, Wings Hauser is just fucking amazing in this. Just he's one of it's the type of performance from a guy that you can tell is in real life fucking unhinged. Uh, you just can't get that kind of performance otherwise. And uh, I didn't realize it until I was doing a little uh, research on it. But uh, Wings Hauser was in Rubber. He's the old man in the wheelchair. So uh, that's how I had recognized him before. But I would definitely very strongly urge everyone to watch uh, Vice Squad. It's not, you know, one of our horror movies, but it's definitely an exploitation movie uh, from 1982. And uh, definitely give it a shot. And, you know, if you haven't seen it, check out Dead and Buried, Deathline, uh, all that. But please watch Vice Squad. That's super awesome. Where did you watch it on? I watched it on, I had to rent it on Prime. Okay. Uh, that's using my fire stick. It might be on Roku somewhere, but yeah. But a hey, zero regrets. Uh, that's one of those that I spent three bucks to rent it, and I'm definitely going to end up buying it on Blu-ray just to have it, because good shit. Oh, awesome. It sounds good. I'll check it out. Yeah. <clears throat> Pretty uh, intense. Yeah. Unlike what we watched this week. Which I'm going to say I was not on the edge of my seat. <laughs> I got to say, though, I was um, I did experience some emotions during that shower scene. Some emotions. Yeah. What they were, I'm not quite sure, but something was happening. OK. OK. I think that's something you might need to talk to someone with more professional experience than me about. I think we'll talk more about it later when we get to that scene. Well, OK. So uh, we kind of already gave you the way the movie started with the credits and all. But basically, this is the story of Jack Frost, who uh, is this crazed serial killer who we learned over the course of five years, 11 states. He's killed 38 fucking people. And the movie starts off in this gigantic snowstorm. And he is being driven to uh, death row, we're led to believe, in a big government truck labeled state executional transport vehicle because you see those on the road all the time. And, um, he basically, uh, kills one of the guards that's, uh, watching him in the back. And then, uh, the prison truck and this other truck carrying these gnarly ass chemicals have a head on collision. Jack Frost is thrown out of the, uh, prison truck. And while he's confronting one of the guards that survived the crash, all the shit in the uh, genetic research truck spews on him and basically body melts him. Um, we've all seen those great body melt movies, uh, street trash, body melt, uh, things like that. So uh, one a good body melt scene for the budget of this movie, I thought. Yeah, you can't you can't put a, a price on a good body melt scene. I think if, if you do it right, it makes the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the fact that body melt in itself is a whole subgenre, And I think we got to cover 
some body belt movie at some point on the show because those are just so gnarly that it's it's fun. Oh, but, sure. Yeah. So Jack, you know, melts away, and then we see this effect where basically the snow absorbs him, and uh, he kind of just goes away. And uh, at that point, uh, we're introduced to the sheriff and we get a flashback about how he's the one, this small town sheriff, rolled up on Jack Frost one time. And uh, he's the one that put into this five year murder spree and Jack Frost, you know, swore revenge on him and whatnot. And this guy's just a small town cop in Snowminton. And uh, him and his family are driving home from somewhere and they see this wreck. And as they're passing by. But the feds, you know, wave them through. But I thought it was interesting because I don't know how many kids have this reaction when you see this horrific wreck on the side of the road. His child says, hey, there's an ambulance. Can we stop, please? <laughs> Who does that? I w- Psychos. Yeah. Future murderers. Well, I, I have some more stuff to say about this child because he is the secret villain of this movie, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, next thing we see, um, <laughs> they're at the sheriff's house. Uh, the kid, the same fucking kid, he's cooking something that I can only describe as baby shit and marshmallows. Oh, it looks awful. I mean, where's the parental supervision? They're right there, but he's just brewing up this nastiness. And... You know, he's giving it to his father and the father being a, you know, stand up guy. He's like, oh, thank you, sport. And he shovels a couple of spoonfuls in a fucking Ziploc bag like he's Charlie from fucking It's Always Sunny and Spaghetti. (laughs) And he just takes this bag of like fucking baby shit to work. Yeah, I don't know. And uh, so then we're introduced to the the town of Snowminton where there seems to be a snowman festival going on just by chance. Uh, well, it's even the snowman capital of the world. Yeah. It, well, and there's also no snow on the ground. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's snow, like, built up right by the buildings, but the rest of it, dry, clear as fuck. No snow. But they have these gigantic... You know about snow, Chris, more than uh, the rest of us, I think, living where you do. How much snow does it take to build... A snowman of these size. Oh, it takes it takes quite a bit of snow. It takes all the snow in your motherfucking yard and your wheel wells and your neighbor's yard, and it's like gross <laughs> and gray and pukey, and you know, like it's weird. Oh yeah, if you no no, like if you're talking about Texas snow, you need like a good like six front yards worth. Yeah. Of like of snow to build like a decent sized snowman. Yeah, because these suckers are fucking gigantic. But maybe that's why there's no snow anywhere else. They used them all. Uh, so and then they have uh, one of the great uh, jokes. What's the difference between snowmen and snow women? Snowballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so uh, the sheriff, he's showing up to work and he brings this bag, a Ziploc bag of shit. And like anyone should, he throws it in the trash. But then he's such a good father. He's I like, know. Uh, goes back, grabs that bag of shit, and throws it in his car. I, I mean, would you rather throw it in the trash and just tell your kid that you ate it and he's none the wiser, or leave it in the car and be like, yeah, you worked so hard and I just forgot it and it's still here? I would think 
no lie to, you know, preserve his feelings. Yeah, like, I didn't know if he was thinking, like, I'm just going to go back and eat it later, so I don't want to throw it away, or, or what he was planning. That was, I, I was confused at that. Yeah. And then, uh, so the sheriff shows up to work, and he sees the secretary for the police station. He's like, oh, you look like you're about to tell me somewhat, somebody died. And she shows him the message uh, sheet that says, somebody died, which I thought was pretty <laughs> funny. And sure enough, old man Harper has been killed frozen in his rocking chair with his head snapped all the way backwards. And uh, we see the chair still moving. This is one of the, my favorite gags. The chair's still rocking, and then the sheriff tells one of his deputies, get your foot off the chair. Yeah, that was awesome. And then the chair stops rocking. <laughs> <laughs> that, this whole scene was probably one of the best in the movie. Like I, yeah. I really liked it. Yeah, uh, just things like that, I think, make this movie as enjoyable as it is just that sense of humor and having fun with it because they know they're not making fucking the exorcist or citizen Kane or anything like that. They're making a movie about a killer snowman for Christ's sake. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so at this point, the sheriff, you know, Jack Frost made this, you know, threat against him. So he's very paranoid. Um, he knows that Jack Frost was supposed to be executed last night, but he's just, He's paranoid. He's a small town cop. And so he contacts the FBI. Uh, he talks to someone we'll learn more about, Agent Manners, uh, ah. which I thought was an interesting name. And um, he tells them, yep, no, everything's good. Everything's good. And then uh, so we come back to his house. And I want to talk about this because I know we don't need to nitpick. But his wife pulls into her driveway, the sheriff's wife. And there is a like eight foot tall snowman in her front yard. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh. And then she asks her son, did you build it? And he's like, no, I didn't fucking build it. And uh, she's like, well, it doesn't have any. You need to finish it off and give him a bag of groceries because she just bought some carrots and coal for no good goddamn reason. And okay. again, this kid, I, I'm not going to put him up with the kid from Burial Ground. Because okay. that's you know, <laughs> that's a different kind of special. But uh, did you notice he crawls, he climbs up this ladder with his bag of shit to finish off the face of Jack Frost, and he puts a snowman puppet on his hand. And as he puts the eyes and carrot on the face, he's using the puppet as reference. Like he doesn't know where <laughs> yeah. the fucking eyes and carrot go on the goddamn snowman. <laughs> He has to have this fucking puppet as reference, and he's checking it, making, okay, the eye goes here. Holy shit, the other eye goes next to that eye. It's just, this kid, I think he's just trying to make sure his proportions are right and everything. He just wants to get it perfect. Yeah, there's something off with this kid. I don't like him. But uh, <laughs> at this point, um, one of the, this neighborhood gang kind of rolls up in the yard, and they want to go sledding through this kid's front yard, which I found strange that. Yeah. Like it was, it's also, I think I'm pretty sure they rolled up through his backyard too. Yeah. The geography is a little strange on this, but I mean, I know in Crowley growing up, we had the hill at Bicentennial park that we did shit like that when it snowed, but who just sleds through a stranger's front yard? This is the black guy's trail. (laughs) What what did they actually say? 
it's a black ice trail. Oh, like, like that's like the rating is like black ice trail. But the way the kid delivers it, but man, that kid's a dickhead. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad his head got cut off. When my mom would reference like the kids that would roam the streets growing up, these are the kind of kids that oh, roam yeah. the streets. These are the ones that she talked about. Ne'er do wells. <clears throat> yep, absolutely. Yep. Ruffians. Oh yeah. Uh, so at that point, um, the bully he uses his sled to knock the head off of the snowman, which is you know big mistake. And uh, at that point. So, it's kind of fuzzy, but the snowman pushes that kid down. They other kids have started sledding and they're coming at such speed that they go over this child's head and lop it clean off. And this shit goes flying. And what uh, splatters. Oh yeah. So this is the first uh like that we see ourselves, the snowman involved in a murder and you know, if you're going to do it, show a child his head cut off by another child. Just do it right, right off the bat. You know, just say, yeah, we killed a kid, but what are you going to do about it? I mean, they have to have these sleds that I, I, I've never seen an actual no shit sled, but those like blades on them, they have to be sharp as shit because they cut this head clean off. It's not, not like a hard thing to go through. He goes through that head like it's a stick of warm butter. <laughs> Yeah, I think they might uh, like like sh- sharpen them and stuff, so they might get pretty sharp. I don't know, but yeah. So uh, we got a child head severed, and then the uh, father of the child is very upset, very upset because his kid's hey, um, head you, just you, got you, cut off. Yo, he comes out throwing bows, dropping oh, yeah. bombs. Your kid's the devil worshiping son of a bitch or something. He says he's fucking mad. Yeah, he's like, I'm not above punching an officer of the law. I mean, he is fired the fuck up when there's plenty of witnesses that saw some kid go over this child's head with a sled and cut his head off. There's there's no, like, question whether the other kid chopped his head off. I don't know. But uh, after that, we see Shannon Elizabeth, who is the bully's sister, and she has a little confrontation with her father. And uh, this is later on that night, and she goes out to meet her boyfriend, and then um, the father, Jake, and his wife, Sally, they're sitting inside, and he's bitching at her because she wants to turn on the Christmas lights, and he's like, your child's been dead for five hours. Come on, woman. And uh, so he goes outside to get some more booze and smoke on his pipe, and then uh, he's sitting there, and again... There's like this eight foot tall motherfucking snowman sitting in his yard that he just acts like it it should be there. I mean, I would think that to build a snowman that size, you would be aware that it's there. But he's sitting out in his own yard. It's like, hmm, doesn't make any mention of it. So, and then... Uh, Whatever. Yeah. It, there's... I think we should have been at a point way before this that we're not going to question the logic of this movie too much. I mean, we got a killer snowman for fuck's sake. Yeah. But, you know what you're getting involved with when you start this yeah, movie. So you yeah. just go along with it. Yeah. So, uh, he, uh, Jake hears a sound out and it's actually the snowman, but he doesn't believe that. So he grabs an ax and starts to investigate, and as he gets closer to the snowman, Jack Frost snatches the axe out of his hand and shoves it right down his fucking throat, uh, handle first. And uh, 
that I've never seen a on-screen oh, kill like, like that. It, that one made me uh, made my my butthole go inside itself. <laughs> it yes, became my like Audi became an innie be, and became another Audi. Well, your butthole's an Audi. Oh yeah, man. It's, it turned into a literal black hole. Well, that's we need to explore that later on. Uh, is is then, it asshole? Uh, metaphorically. Oh right, okay. Yes. Uh, <laughs> then Jack has one of his great one-liners. Gosh, I only axed you for a smoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then we go inside, and Sally, Jake's wife, uh, she's sitting down with a cup of tea. Sees that the Christmas lights are on. She's all happy. And then they go out, so she investigates under the tree, and she sees the cord. Then suddenly it's dragged away from her, and she's confused. And out of nowhere, Jack Frost just materializes behind her, wraps some Christmas lights around her neck, smashes an ornament into her mouth, and slams her face into a box of ornaments over and over and over, cutting her face up, shards of this shit all in her face, and... Jack grabs the star off the top of the Christmas tree and rams it on top of her head and then ties her to the tree, leaving her dead corpse uh, in this wonderful Christmas display for someone to find. I thought that that was a very well-decorated Christmas tree. Oh, very well-decorated. I mean, the entire house, these people, I think the people of Snowminton, with a town name like that, you have got to get into the Christmas spirit. They, they are like, they, they plan year round for like Christmas season. That's all they do in Stonington. It's like fucking Whoville. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're, you know, big holidays, fucking Arbor day or some shit like that. It's no. clearly Christmas. Yes. Um, so at this point, um, the, uh, local town hardware store owner, Paul, he shows up cause apparently in the middle of the night, he likes to go around delivering supplies to people. And uh, he sees, you know, Jack Frost there and the dead lady, Sally. And, uh, you know, clearly he freaks out and takes off. Uh, And then later on, we are uh, Agent Manners and his partner, Stone, uh, show up at the sheriff's office. And uh, the sheriff brings them over to the house where the people were just murdered. The one thing, though, I I do want to just talk about this because... When when Agent Manners shows up, the he like the cop the sheriff is just like, Who are you from the FBI? And they're like, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and that's, that's basically Yeah, it's it's basically all the questions that he asks them to just kinda like verify who they are. Like, they could be anybody. And he just like starts letting them boss them around. Like he has no idea like who yeah. they actually are and what actual, you know, like yeah, like cool. powers they have. Dude, in the in the beginning, there was a, the same thing was happening. Whenever the cop drives up and he's like, "Hey, what's going on here? Just move along, sir. It's a federal matter." Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It's like you you're the town shit. sheriff. You have you some authority, I would think. Right. Dude, yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, I'll I'll, uh, but I'll, like, I'll, uh, I'll loop him in and make him you know part of the team super quick. Like it, it'll be a. Uh, because I also have some... Go to your... Mute, mute yourself. <laughs> oh, <it's>... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the guy that plays Agent Manners is named Steven Mendel, and uh, he has some interesting credits. Uh, he played uh, Splinter, I think, or 
Splinter Shredder, uh, in Ninja Turtles, the new mutation from 97 to 98. He was also in the uh, TV movie Roseanne and Tom behind the scenes. He had a role on Saved by the Bell in a Christmas episode, actually. And he was in Stepfather 3. So if you've seen any of that, good for you. But that's basically the level outside of Shane and Elizabeth, the level of actors we're looking at because uh, they're just not name actors. But, I mean, this is a low-budget movie. They got who they could. Um, the other main actor in this movie, Christopher Allport, who plays the sheriff, he was actually in that movie I mentioned earlier, uh, the Gary Sherman movie, Dead and Buried. He was also in Toby Hooper's uh, Invaders from Mars. He reprised this role in Jack Frost 2. And uh, he actually, he screen tested with Amy Fisher in the mid-70s for the role of Han Solo and Princess Leia. But clearly, oh, wow. uh, Harrison Ford got that job. And then, unfortunately, uh, Christopher Allport died in January of 2008 in the same county where this was filmed in a avalanche while he was uh, like skiing or hiking or some shit. So, uh, yeah. Some say, some say, Corey. Jack Ross. (laughs) (laughs) He found that. Yeah. (laughs) But seriously, how many people die in a goddamn avalanche? Yeah. I mean, no one, I don't think anyone in recorded history has ever actually died in an avalanche except that one guy. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we all know from Willow that you just when you roll down a hill with snow, all your feet and your head poke out the ends. You run into a house and you get right back up and start sword fighting. <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry about the delay, guys. I had a, a just like a quick business call. I feel like a total twat with inside of a turd. But uh, speaking of twats and turds, this past like two or three weeks, I've been walking and I feel like I have a pork tamale under my left foot. <laughs> Like, the consistency under my left foot feels like a pork tamale. It's, like, not solid. It's not liquid. It's not, like, breaking. It's not crumbly. It might be made of masa. You might need to see a doctor. (laughs) Do you have, like, a boil, like, or anything? No, nothing's under there. It's just, like, kind of like a a numb muscle thing that's, like, tamale in shape and size. Yeah. (laughs) Weird, weird. Uh, So, at this point, like I said... uh, Manners and Stone, the supposed federal agents and the sheriff, go out to the Metzinger's house, the family that was just murdered and shit. Uh, and that's when we learned uh, through a conversation between the two agents that Jack Frost is, as we saw, the serial killer Jack Frost, like somehow combined with snow, and he can melt himself at will, like as water come in through like pipes or underneath the door and then reform as a snowman, uh, at will. So pretty neat trick, kind of like a it's super like the, villain. Yeah. It's like the T 1000 of like, Oh yeah. Snowman, yeah. He's, he's way lower. Mind, his, his, it's a neural network. <laughs> <laughs> but see, here's the thing. I love that idea as a plot point because it's so like, it's kind of clever and it's super easy to shoot. Like, especially like there's a shot where like they're looking down into the toilet bowl or like, or whatever. And it's just water and stuff. And you're like, that's a, that's super clever. Like it's just a POV shot, like from underneath like aquarium. Yeah. No, I mean, that's one of the things is in lots of the movies that we've been watching are so low budget and these people still make them good because they're so fucking creative with, 
how they get what they need to do with what they have. I mean, if they have, you know, millions and millions of dollars, anyone can do that. I would suppose a lot easier than, you know, it's just pretty neat how they can do that. kind of shit. Uh, so at this point, uh, the agents are for the act going on. So they advise the sheriff to you know, shut the town down and impose, uh, which the sheriff gathers everyone together at the church and lets them know that uh, at this point, uh, Paul, the crazy hardware store guy, shows up outside. And he's just attacking all these snowmen that have been for the snowman festival because he's, you know, he's psyched the fuck out about goddamn snowmen. <laughs> so he's going about smashing all these works of art of snowmen and uh, just freaking out. So Manners just clocks them. And I mean, that's a pretty good punch because he knocked him fucking stone cold out. Done. Done. It was, that was done. a UFC highlight. Yeah. Uh, so the sheriff sends one of his deputies out to investigate, uh, and on his way to Paul's house to investigate, he sees a snowman in the middle of the road holding a stop sign. Uh, I know, based on what we said earlier about our Christmas vandalism pass, what would in the Lesaber? What would we have done? Dude, Jack Frost would have been kitty litter by the time he got through that motherfucker. He would have been done, son. I would have backed up over him and then put the rest of his bitch ass in my trunk and set him up again each day. You would have if, if your the reverse worked in your car. Oh yeah, no, I would have backed up. I would have drove down the street around the corner, three left, parked, stopped. Dude, one time I was talking shit to some people. And they like boxed me in this apartment complex, and I was I couldn't back up. And I was just like, I was like, I was a huge pussy, and I couldn't fight anybody. I was like, I'm not fighting. And I was just, I just like drove on this curve and like down this like alleyway in this apartment complex, like not for driving. It's like the clear walkway between buildings. I was just like, this ain't happening. I, I've seen Jeepers Creepers or whatever movie, Wrong Turn or one of those. <laughs> Okay, so at this point, the deputy gets a shovel out of his trunk, uh, doesn't see the snowman, so he's putting the shovel back in. When he shuts the trunk, Jack Frost is now in the car because the snowman, this giant eight-foot snowman can fit inside a car, uh, and he backs over the cop and then drives away. Jack Frost, the snowman, driving a cop car. Uh, and then we get to what I I think is one of the weirder scenes in any of the movies we've seen. So Shan Elizabeth and her boyfriend, they're waiting outside the sheriff's house. His wife had gone back to get some blankets and, you know, she leaves. So this teenager, we're led to believe, who just had her brother's head cut off that very day, <laughs> had a really hardcore confrontation with her father. She's just like, okay, shit, shit happens. I still got to, you know, get my nut off. And she and her boyfriend, she wants to break into the sheriff's house and bang in there. I mean, That's at this point, she's just, it's, she's just like experiencing PTSD. And she's like, the only way she can get rid of it is like, bang it out. The PTSD, yeah. <laughs> B-I-O. So 
she, she they go in there and into the sheriff's house and uh, they have a great extended scene of them stripping off their layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of clothes. Uh, one of the sexier scenes in, in I thought it world. really built up the suspense. Yeah, and then they're there uh, after all this undressing, they're still wearing head to toe long johns. And uh, this motherfucker, okay. She does all this, and then she demands, remember, they have broken into the sheriff's house. She demands her boyfriend build her a roaring log fire and a bottle of wine before she'll do anything with him. So they Isn't bring she like the house. supposed to be 17, too, or something like yeah. that? So, Who drinks, who's drinking wine at 17? She's like a burnout business lady at this point. <laughs> I was drinking, like, Boone's Farm. <laughs> Right. Or Mad Dog. Right. Mad Dog, yeah. Mad, Mad Dog. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, just breaking into the sheriff's house to fuck. Okay, sure. But we're, they're really making themselves at home because she wants a fucking fire going and all. And then she goes upstairs, and this makes no sense to me. She starts blow-drying her hair. Her hair was already fucking dry. It's not like she's got done swimming. And then through, throughout all this, you know, the boyfriend's downstairs trying to get all this shit together because he wants to, you know, bang his girlfriend. And he uh, is trying to get the wine, which is like champagne, I guess. And he opens the freezer, gets some ice for the wine. Yeah, and the freezer idiot. is like literally packed to like 100% with ice. Not like, oh, there's some ice buildup. It's fucking ice. And he's like, yeah. Burn. Yeah. So he, you know, takes an ice pick to it and uh, gets some ice for his wine. And he hears a sound outside. He opens the door. He's investigating. And out of nowhere, you get a Jack Frost right cross to the chin. And uh, <laughs> Right cross. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, as this happens, um, uh, the boyfriend, you know, who are you? The world's most pissed off snow cone, which is another... <laughs> Damn. Uh, then what, See, they then, missed an opportunity for like a death there where he was he could have drank part of them and then he kind of came that's out. That's why I thought inside. was going to happen. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted a chest burster from that, but it, it was just they disappointed. He do, is it the same actor that, in the beginning that's that is in the actual suit or do, I mean like is that anything we can confirm? No. So the actor is uh, Scott McDonald, and I know it's his voice. I. Don't know that it's actually him in the suit. Uh, hmm. He really, I looked him up. Uh, he was in Fire in the Sky, that UFO abduction. Oh, movie yeah. With DB Sweeney in 93. And then the fantastic sequel that I know everyone has watched, Three Ninjas Buckle Up in 1995. Oh, yeah. yeah, you no. remember that. That was classic. Where, where the they buckled up. Uh, so, yeah. Well, finally. But yeah, he came back to Tom better buckle because, up. you know, he's loyal. He's loyal. But uh, then at this point, we're treated to a new uh, weapon that Jack Frost has. He can shoot icicles out of his hands. <laughs> he's a I badass. Mean, he really is. No, it's like every day, every day they get to set. All right, all right. I, uh, so I got the rewrites. I've got the new rewrites. Uh, so <laughs> now Jack Frost. Um, so we've, we've moved past this. We've moved past Carrot Dick. We've done that. Um, what else can we do? Icicles from his hands. Icicles yep. from his hands, bro. Yes, yes. Give me the line. Give me the line. Give me the mirror. Pass me the Coke. Pass me the Coke. Okay, let's go. Let's roll it. Roll it. Action, action. All right. All right. 
Let's go. All right, cut. All right, print. I want to make movies. Dude, that's how. That's exactly how it is every day of my life. So Jack shoots an icicle through this kid's shoulder and pins him to the door. And then he shoots another icicle right through his forehead. That I mean, it goes clear through his forehead through the door. This piece of ice. It doesn't break. It doesn't shatter. It. It's a fucking railgun. It's a fucking <laughs> railgun. But I mean, it's the snowman shooting icicles out of his hand. I don't. I'm not familiar with the physics of this. So sure, that's how it works. Who am I? I'm not a physicist thing. Uh, so at this point. Shane Elizabeth, like I said, is blow drying her dry hair just because it, yeah. And uh, she notices <laughs> that there's a bathtub full of water. So, of course, this lady who has broken into the sheriff's house, who has demanded a roaring fire, who has blow dried her dry hair, is like, fuck, it. I'm going to take a nice hot bath. She just blow dried her hair that was already dry, and she immediately submerges herself in the bathtub <laughs> thinking that her boyfriend unbeknownst to her has snuck in past her and drawn this large bath. Uh, so she gets in Sweetheart. and while Shannon Elizabeth is, you know, soaping her body up, uh, we see like a trail of water going to the bathtub. So we're clued in things aren't as they seem. And then she starts complaining like, Oh, don't pour cold water in here. And then I know where Jack Frost materializes in the tub and uh ready to see we see his carrot floating around and that's not a euphemism it's his carrot that his nose and um he materializes it pulls her up then he starts slamming her against the wall of the bathtub shower thing and uh he does not have his nose on him at this point and it's very suggestive that he is a raping this young lady i mean okay so when we you have do a scene like this on set you're like you know there's like intimacy coaches and like psychologists and stuff but this obviously wasn't that kind of set but so <laughs> think about this all right all right back to one so no your your arms your arms blocking your face put it down put the arm down all right uh shannon you're, you're back you got to straighten it out it's it's just it doesn't look it's not flattering right now it's not flattering like okay all right that works that works you know like it's just it's so awkward like to have a scene like this where you have to like okay let's go again well i mean i think this is kind of like the part when we got to it last episode of you know the kid buying his mom's boob off i mean we we're talking about a snowman that's basically possessed by a serial killer <laughs> raping a teenager with his carrot dick I wish as his nose. I wish they would have kept it in that one deleted scene where Jack Frost tries to get the little brother to smell his nose afterwards. Oh, <laughs> holy <laughs> shit! No, that's a thing in life. Wow! I just made that up. I just made that up, but it would have oh, been okay. amazing. <laughs> Damn, dude! I'm gonna shoot that deleted scene. You all want to get canceled? <laughs> Bad. Y'all want to get canceled real big? Let's go out like a bang. Uh, so, uh, then uh, Jack Frost is, you know, cleaning himself up after this because, you know, he throws her down on the ground. She Blood's coming out of her mouth. She's dead. Uh, and he has the great line, uh, looks like Christmas came a little early this year. <laughs> <laughs> Premature ejaculate. My, need that on my tombstone. 
But no, actually, uh, I was telling Cody this where we started. Um, they did not intend to shoot that as a rape scene. Um, they shot it as just him killing her by slamming her against the wall. And then while they were editing the movie together, the editor was talking to her. He's like, you realize what this looks like? I mean, you already showed the carrot floating in the tub. In this part, he doesn't have the carrot on his face. So this looks like they're fucking. And he's like, oh, shit. It sure as shit does. So he went back, the director did, went back and shot a few more scenes, like with the sexual innuendo, like Christmas came a little early this year and uh, all of that. So unfortunately or fortunately, the director did not intend and did not shoot this as a uh, sexual uh, assault scene between a snowman and well, where, a... Where did they find the budget to go back and flesh it out? You know, like... That's what it... took so long. That's why it took four years. They were, they were saving yeah. up for the reshoots. Yeah, I mean, come on. Uh, so, I mean, at that point, you know, this movie has made its mark, I think. I mean, if nothing else, the premise alone, but you have a snowman rape scene. I mean, you try to describe that to someone and them, you know, still be your friend. I, I wonder, yeah, like, oh, so maybe like, let's. I think maybe like, let's just use the word skid mark instead of rape from now on. So it's like. So he like it's a it's a snowman skid mark scene, right? 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 No, I don't know. I was just trying to soften it. The R word, the R word is hard. It's a hard R, man. Well, hard yes. R. I mean, this isn't I swear on your grave or anything, but. <laughs> okay, so uh, after that, um, they're starting to uh, really realize that shit is going south, and. Uh, the federal agents and the sheriff, they're all starting to argue and fight. And um, at this point, Jack Frost shows up in the downtown area and the final assault actually begins. Um, the sheriff, the secretary, the federal agents, they run inside the sheriff's office and shut the door. Uh, all the water starts pouring in from underneath the door and whatnot. And uh, Jack reforms inside the office and everyone runs away leaving the sheriff there but thinking smart he grabs the you know just happened to be plugged in hair dryer on the desk that the secretary was using earlier in the movie and points it at jack frost and lo and behold a hair dryer will slow down a frozen snowman his one weakness his one weakness but unfortunately he did not have an extension cord and the hairdryer comes unplugged and he's fucked at that point. And uh, they all have to run into like, I guess where all the jail cells are and lock it. And they come up with this great idea that they need as many aerosol cans as they can find inside the police station. And wouldn't you know it, they have upwards of, 30, 40, 50 aerosol cans of hairspray, bug spray, and whatnot in this police station. This would be so much fun, you guys. You need those CSCs, baby. <laughs> CSCs. God, this would be so much fun. CSC, to do. please. I mean, I, it bothered me that they had this many aerosol cans. The fact that I'm on board with a killer snowman in that, but the aerosol maybe, cans. Maybe they were confiscating them from like the kids around town. Just a bunch of huffers or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. There's Huff. a bad. There's also a bad huffing problem in Snowminton. <laughs> but they don't sure, tell you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they're going to uh, fill the room with spray to try to blow up Jack Frost. Um, 
And then, uh, I mean, it kind of, nothing special. They all eventually get out after they discover the windows lock. Sheriff has to go get the keys, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they all get out. And then the agent Manners shoots his pistol into the jail. And I'm pretty sure Mythbusters would have fun with this. The whole place just goes up in a fireball of explosion. Uh, I'm not sure that's how it works, but it does in the world of Jack Frost. Uh, Oh yeah. So at that point, Jack Frost pretty much immediately begins to reform. And, uh, he has reformed in a way that is not the way it should be. Parts are pointing off in different directions. I think, and I'm confused with this. I'm pretty sure I saw a snowman cock. And I'm not talking about the carrot. Oh, 100%. You saw that. You saw that dick. <laughs> so maybe, I don't know. He has two cocks. I mean, do we really want to get into snowman genitalia? You no, know, it's like kind of like the... Uh, like the ectoplasmic, like real realist uh, realizing of his f- uh, former human self, you know, like like he had he occupied a certain amount of space, like in matter. So that outline is still in the snow part, you know. Ah. it's a toxic waste science thing. You guys wouldn't understand. No, we would not. No, I am not as uh, well read in that area science. Um. <laughs> So at that point, uh, Stone, the kind of cowardly agent, gives this long exposition that pretty much explains, like, it helps anything. Why Jack Frost turned into a killer snowman, what the chemicals did. It doesn't really matter. I didn't really pay attention to this. I mean, we, we saw mere minutes ago a snowman rape scene. I don't really care about the science behind why Jack Frost turned into a snowman. Um, and then, uh, Jack again, reforms cause he's always reforming. And, uh, so no, wait, wait, I skipped a part. Uh, all the people get together and it's like, okay, we got to take him out. We got a plan. And they meet up outside the sheriff's station and they hear this rumbling on the ground and sure shit, here comes a giant snowball down the hill and it crashes inside the police station. Jack reforms. And they all bust out their hair dryers. They push them back, push them back into this giant fucking furnace. I know, Chris, you've had some furnace problems recently. Is that what your furnace looks like? Just a big fucking iron well, lung? Uh, yeah. like, not <laughs> at all. Giant iron lung. What? I, I, not at all. It does not look like that. But that, that thing was, was very scary looking. I mean, so what would you do if Jack Frost uh, showed up in your house? How would you get him into your furnace? Well, I would I would get my daughter's blow dryer. Yeah. Blow, I'd blow him to death. <laughs> I'd, I'd, put him, I'd put him to work. I'd, I'd put him to work on the corner. Can we uh, isolate that sound? Uh, so, um, yep, yeah, they push Jack into the furnace. Uh, try and melt him again, since that's worked every other time they've done it. And then that's when uh, Manners and Stoner are talking about everything. And then Jack obviously reforms. And now he he has the, you know, he can shoot the icicle bullets. Now he sprouts these ice dagger teeth. And he just goes at Manners' face, just biting his face off and shit. And I then, don't know if this isn't even his final form, bro. No, no. But, um... 
Manners, the, we'll get back to Manners later because we're not done with him yet. Uh, then uh, Stone tries to, you know, talk to Jack. Is like, you know, you're my creation. I help make you, you know, let's be friends. And the next thing we see is Stone staggering out of the church looking like he's wearing an Edgar suit. Did that remind either of y'all of an Edgar suit? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh Edgar? Yeah. Oh, I wear it like I an Edgar suit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> dude, it did. Yeah. It's just like, I'm like, what? That's not D'Onofrio. No. No. So, uh. <laughs> He staggers out and the sheriff's like, are you okay? Because he's all bloated and shit because clearly Jack Frost is inside of him. At that point, uh, Stone starts to vomit out all this snow, which looks more like whipped cream. And as Jack comes out, he says, don't eat the yellow snow because you had to have that kind of joke in here. They had to get crew with it. Is he made of piss? Is that what we're to believe about this? Maybe. I I don't know. Does he drink himself? Hold on. Like this Jack is, Frost is just a like a real long winded like power play on piss play. Oh it's shit. just like that's the that's the whole movie. Lots of water well lots of water play. Yes, yeah, going, going on here. So, so uh at this point, um it's so stupid. Uh the sheriff and his son are fleeing from Jack and they jump in the sheriff's car. Water, of course, starts flooding in through the air conditioning vents. Jack reforms in the back seat, and lo and behold, the sheriff grabs the Ziploc bag full of the baby shit oatmeal and throws it at Jack's face. And by God, that stuff starts to burn his face like acid. Meak. Yeah. And at that point, um, the sheriff's like, oh, wow. What did you put in that? And the child admits that he had put antifreeze in his father's oatmeal. Oh my because God. he did not want his father to get cold. Now, what a psycho. He actually is a little devil worshiper. Now, I, I was curious. So I looked up what happens when you drink antifreeze. Oh, and no. For if he had eaten that whole thing, he's dead. He would be fucking dead. Uh, basically, the shit like crystallizes in your body, and uh, just he's he's gonna die. So this fucking kid who has to look at a hand puppet to remember what a snowman looks like, who cooks up this baby shit and basically tries to murder his father, and it, his father's like, "Oh, it's okay, son. Good job." It's like, I would be pissed as fuck. Also, when he's cooking this shit, his mother and father are in the kitchen with him. Do they, are they just so oblivious that he's got this big jug of antifreeze just pouring it into, why is antifreeze in the kitchen? Man, if they were smart, they would have done like the sequel and they would have just based it around that kid who he somehow becomes a psychopath, dies and becomes a next. He already is a psychopath. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I just think that there's a lot of like potential to do stuff with this creepy ass kid. Yeah, I want to see a buddy movie with him and the kid from Burial Ground. Holy shit! You just got a series greenlit. Oh god, I don't know what channel would take that. Hulu. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so, Macaulay uh, Culkin from The Good Son. Oh, oh dude. Oh man. I got this Macaulay Culkin vehicle, and I hope he's listening right now because – so check it out. Instead of Home Alone, are you ready for this? It's Christmas time. 
and he's stoned alone and he's like starting to get paranoid and he's sitting there in nice. his little Hannah Santa hat. He's like smoking some like real piney shit. And like the lights go off. I don't know. If keep the change of filthy animal. Stoned alone, man. Come on, it's a hit. <laughs> it writes, you know, the shit writes itself. You are just <laughs> dropping nuggets of pure gold today. I would uh, never listen to this because uh, they're going to steal all these great ideas. Oh, yeah. dude. Did I tell you about the vaccine? If you take the vaccine, oh, no. you, uh, you immediately, <laughs> immediately, you you wake up and you're wearing a mask and you're in you're in 2019 and you're at a party with all your friends and you have to convince them that it's real but you can't infect them or you go back through the time loop so you you come out of the bathroom and you're like hey guys and they're like why the fuck are you wearing that mask and you're like wait what uh uh and they're like take that mask off you fucking idiot and you're like no guys i'm I'm from 2020 and then they're like just take the mask off you take it off boom you, you immediately right back in the bathroom you come back out you're like starting to realize oh, oh shit okay this is happening i'm in a groundhog day scenario this is this is going down for real it's more of like the dormammu i let's make a deal scenario from dr strange but uh so like then you come back to the party and you're like guys this this fire's gonna hit you gotta take it seriously you gotta lock down you gotta do this and they're like shut the fuck up and they pull the mask off you loop you're right back in the fucking beginning and it's just like and so no one has actually been cured yet like obviously the vaccine it works sort of but it's you'll never get cured and that's the only way to get cured is to convince people to take it seriously back in time i want to make it clear that that is not a movie pitch. That's your actual theory of how the vaccine works. <laughs> so, at this point, they finally decide to wrap this movie up. Um, the sheriff gets together with Paul, the hardware guy, tells him to, you know, fill your truck bed with as much antifreeze as you have. Meet me here in exactly five minutes. And at that point, uh, the sheriff basically lures Jack Frost into basically what I took away is basically it's a brothel in this tiny town because it's a hotel of sorts. And he's going down a hall and we hear different things like uh, one door. Someone says we're busy. They hear bah. So there's oh. some bestiality going on in this motherfucking hotel. <laughs> Damn. Someone, man, someone went all out they went balls to the wall in the in the sound booth that day they're like what can we add to yeah. this uh... yeah because there's some stuff like you hear a lady scream my husband but the we're busy followed by the buying uh <laughs> this, is, this movie has a little bit of everything whatever does it for you you can find it in jack frost uh but then the sheriff and jack frost had their final confrontation jack frost Jabs an icicle through the sheriff's shoulder. Sheriff plays dead and tackles him out a second story window. Just as the truck with the antifreeze pulls up, Sheriff and Jack Frost fall into the bed of antifreeze and Jack Frost slowly dissolves. Finally, we're led to believe the end of Jack Frost. Next thing we know, we see the town folk draining the bed of the truck into antifreeze jugs, putting it in the ground, burying it for good. And the last shot of the movie is underground. You see antifreeze bubbling in the bottles, leading us to believe they have not, in fact, killed Jack Frost. Classic, classic, classic. I wonder, do you, are we led to believe the sheriff didn't imbibe even a little bit of antifreeze when he took the spill out of the window into the? Into I the mean, you bed? would think that. I mean, even just even just that much body contact with that 
a volume of antifreeze couldn't be good for anyone, you know, like, no, it's got to give you like skull, like, I don't know, thyroid, no, uh, sarcoidosis. That's what it gives you. I don't know. It's definitely something that would not be recommended. I mean, yeah, because like I was reading like two tablespoonfuls will like kill a child and like a teaspoon will kill a fucking animal. So it doesn't take fucking much. It sounds like. Don't and try this at home, folks. Yeah, please do not drink antifreeze. What the fuck's wrong with you? No. Um, <laughs> but that is Jack Frost. The so that's Jack the moral Frost. of the story is basically don't drink antifreeze. Yeah, and don't no, no, make no. fucking oatmeal for your parents with There's, antifreeze in it unless yeah, you try the, and kill them. The Jesus. only way... It's either you watch Jack Frost or you don't drink antifreeze. You can either do one or the other. You have to do both. You actually, no, you have to do both. You have to watch Jack Frost and not drink antifreeze. That's a creed we 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 roll by. It's like yeah. th- that is the way. I I I have spoken. The blood sucking geeks are firmly in the anti antifreeze camp. So okay, so you know, guys, whenever we need, whenever we're like really big celebrities and we're on the downward, you know, like trend of our career and we need some sort of like uh, charity thing, kind of like what she has <clears throat> in that, Ooh, whatever that, okay, that, but, that literacy thing in South Africa that you were talking about, Corey. Yeah. Um, animal sanctuary. But, uh, animal Avengers. Animal Avengers. Literacy. And now I completely, completely forgot where I was going with that bit. <laughs> Oh, we have to do with antifreeze. There's some antifreeze thing. Yeah, that's what it was. Antifreeze. God damn it, I ruined it now. No, I no, got no reset it. it. Reset it. You got this. Let's just keep going. Okay. Um, yeah, and that's uh, Jack Frost. Uh, they actually, uh, we mentioned it a couple of times, three years later, 2000, released Jack Frost 2, Revenge of the Mutant Killer Snowman. And this has lots of the same characters. The sheriff is in it. Basically, he's, you know, a wreck because he just had to deal with a fucking killer. Shit ton of paperwork. A fuckload of paperwork. And he clearly digested (laughs) a significant amount of antifreeze. So basically. I mean, I'm wondering if I'm wondering if the sequel, like, how are you? Okay. You know the edit's finished. It's gonna it's gonna go it's gonna go straight to DVD. Uh, you know the, it's like a some like I don't know distributor from like Jakarta or Indonesia or something. It's not even an American distributor. I don't know. I'm just making that part up. But how does someone in the in the editing room say? And you know the end. You know it's over. The end credits roll. How do they say? They look at the director and say, Well, you know what? In about three years, kid, we're gonna make another one. They're not done yet. You know, like, yeah, this isn't over. (laughs) In the second one, (laughs) the sheriff's wife, uh, to like help the sheriff relax. So one of the deputies and the secretary, you see it in this movie a little bit, a little romance. They're getting married out in some Pacific Island. So the sheriff's wife convinces him, Hey, let's go out there. Let you relax. Get away from all this. And sure as shit, the FBI has dug up the antifreeze bottles. Jack Frost comes back to life, somehow gets across the Pacific to this resort that's run by a man named Captain Fun. 
And um, <laughs> the guy that is uh, in charge of the island, like the groundskeeper, I guess, is guess who? Agent Manners. Yeah. He, he has survived Jack Frost's attack of him maiming him, his face and shit. And now he's running this resort. And uh, basically, same thing happens, except this time Jack Frost is giving birth to little snow babies. Little snowballs pop out of his mouth and try oh, to kill yeah. people. Uh, so, snow critters. But um, I just want to read this uh, one line because uh, I, I read this to my wife just to give her an idea what this movie was like. And I think it gives will give y'all. Sam snaps out of his paranoia and shoots Jack with a banana attached to an arrow, causing him to explode. I mean, if that doesn't make Whoa, hold on. You just, movie, you just turned my brain into soup. Can I have that one more time? Okay, and this, I, I hate to, spoiler alert, but this came out uh, in 2000, so you're 20 years late. Uh, here's what Wikipedia has to say. Sam snaps out of his paranoia and shoots Jack with a banana attached to an arrow, causing him to explode. <laughs> I don't want to go into anything else about this movie, because I'm sure we're going to visit it sometime down the road. Wow. And uh, we'll find out why a banana attached to an arrow makes a snowman explode. And also, they are still not done. As of 2016, uh, Michael Cooney, who wrote and directed both of these, said that they are trying to get a second sequel made uh, featuring a giant Jack Frost, and they would call the movie Jackzilla. And uh, he would be a giant snowman causing mayhem in a city, and uh, basically I think they... Uh, just try and get the money together for Jackzilla. So maybe if we're lucky, uh, someday we will have that, and I will be first in line to see Jackzilla for sure. That is, that's truly bonkers. I'm, I would actually watch that for sure. Well, I, I'm, I can tell you this: I'm going to watch Jack Frost two, Return the Mutant Killer Snowman this weekend. I wish I could have watched it before the show, but, you know, I didn't. But, yeah, I, I'm i very curious about this because of all the bananas. So, should we go to ratings then? Like, uh, what our scores are? I, I think so. I think so. Are we going to do oh, carrot I dick? Gi- I give yeah. this movie a whole four nibbled carrot dicks. Smell them. <laughs> smell them and weep. <laughs> Uh, when, when the reason I give that movie this before and uh, in a quarter nibbled carrot dicks is because it's like it just delivers on every front. Like they were trying so hard that it looks so bad that it hurts. It embarrasses you to watch this movie as as it progresses. It embarrasses your soul. It's shaming. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh, I will give this. Um. A solid three and a half nibbled carrot dicks. Uh, it's right up there. This would be a good double feature. Uh, you can watch it on Thanksgiving. Just watch Thanksgiving as the family's eating your Thanksgiving dinner. Then as soon as that's over, roll into the Christmas season with Jack Frost right there. You got turkey and Jack Frost. I think that's Dude. a perfect pairing. 
I can't hey. wait to have kids so I can do that. It's a family <laughs> tradition. Maybe we can do a blood sucking geeks double feature every Thanksgiving like that. But uh, yeah, no, this is a lot of fun. It's one of those movies that it's ridiculous as fuck, just the entire concept. So if you go into it, you know, we nitpick a lot of stuff during this just to have fun with it. But watching it, it's it's a blast. It's goofy as fuck. They know what they're doing. They're not taking themselves too seriously. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So if you like cheesy, campy uh, movies like this, I would definitely recommend it. And yeah, three and a half nibbled carrot dicks. Nice. I'm going to go with uh, three carrot dicks uh, because... You know what? I have to say, while I really enjoyed this movie, I think Thinks Killing is the better holiday horror film. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That we watched. And uh, I just I think Thinks Killing, having having watched it so so recently, it's hard not to kind of compare the two for me, at least. And so I just I think Thinks Killing did what they were trying to do and just executed it way better in almost every facet than they did with, with Jack uh, Frost. And they may have had a bigger budget. You know, I, I, I can't remember, but oh, thanks. Um, he had like a $3,000 budget. Oh, Jesus. It was something uh, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But it was just, you know, like both of these movies and I, I'm not trying to like, you know, necessarily like, you know, like try to talk shit on Jack Frost because I think it is a, a really fun movie. Um, I just think Thanksgiving is the better one, but hey, I think like I think these two movies just go really well together, like you guys are saying. And this is like, oh man, these just pair just like Doritos and Reese's Pieces, you know, like <laughs> peanut <What>? butter cups, <laughs> nacho cheese Doritos and Reese's Pieces. I'm not sure that's a thing, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I think the main difference though is Thanksgiving. They actually they said all they cared about was making people laugh. They didn't really give a fuck about anything else. And, you know, not to get back into it, but that scene of Turkey and the father at the table awkwardly making fun <laughs> oh, and then him wearing the sheriff's or the father's face and no one. It's just like they're talking to a turkey and acting like it's all uh, great movie. Great movie. Both of these. Great. I really enjoyed it. And uh, looking forward to whatever goofy shit we get into uh, coming up in the next year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, are we going to have one more episode before the new year or are we I'm, get, I'm down to try it one, like in the, like the days after Christmas, if we can, you know, like if we have it, if we have time. Yeah. Yeah. We will definitely try to get a mini sewed at least together just to, uh, tide everyone over before the uh, new year. What, what are we watching next? Y'all? Uh, that's on Chris. Yeah. I don't know yet. I, okay. I have, oh, I have not. Well, we don't I haven't, know, so no one else knows. That's right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, I can't think about the new year just yet. There's just too much shit going on this year. So. Well, we is there a Boxing Day horror movie? Uh, yeah, it's called Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> Son of a bitch. You got to kill the boxer to... To keep your 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 boxing gym. Isn't can, that how that what works? about what about a, a New Year's holiday or a horror movie? Oh, dude, my my buddy Fred T. He's like this kind of like character. I don't know if he's a character or if he's really actually like the way he is, but he's he's a, he makes a lot of like pilots and like teasers for movies. He has a movie called New Year's Evil. Yeah, New Year's Evil, and it's like coming out, but it's not out yet. I, I wish we could watch that, man. 
to be like. I think there's already been a movie called New Year's Eve. Oh, I bet. I bet. Yeah, I was about to say. I was like, there's no way he ca- he like he came up with that. Just, it has to be like a pun that anyone can think of. Yeah, it's a 1980 flick. Oh. Yeah, maybe so. it's, maybe he's like maybe he's like a real deep horror fan. It's like a remake. I probably I doubt that. I doubt that a lot. It's like and it's one of the movies that Canon put out. So Nick Cannon? Uh, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that might be something fun to watch. But yeah, I I think we should try to come out with something before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure something out. But anyway, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode so we hope everyone stays safe out there and has a happy holidays and we'll see you one more time before the new year we'll see you later indeedy everybody have fun christmas i'm home charlie it's me it's dad (laughs) what (laughs) so i'm supposed to believe that you're my dad you were the one who played on the magic harmonica i thought you made that up so did i get up Charlie's running away with the snowman. <laughs> really? What's the snowman look like? Three balls, two stick arms. Hey, that's my branch! Stockies. Well built. Shredding! Whoa! Hey, I slimmed down. Whoa! Thanks for giving me a second chance to be your dad. Warner Brothers is proud to present Michael Keaton. <gasps> I'm a frozen freak of nature. And Kelly Preston. Freeze, mister. She's obviously not talking to me. In the story of a man who got a second chance to be the world's coolest dad. As long as you hold someone in your heart, you can never lose them. Jack Frost.